Hi, podcast listeners, and welcome to the 28th of August, 2019 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Hong Kong Stories is dedicated to promoting and encouraging the art of storytelling in our city. In October 2019, we'll have our very first Story Slam competition for students. If you're aged between 11 and 18 and living in Hong Kong, you can enter our Story Slam and have the chance to tell your story up on our stage. If you're a teacher or an educator, we'll soon be releasing a teaching pack to help guide your students through their first storytelling experience. Go to the website hongkongstories.com and click on Student Story Slam 2019 at the top. This week, as we wander about Hong Kong streets, going about our daily business, we'll be listening to a story from Charles about an experience he had when he was in middle school in Hong Kong. After Charles, we'll hear of a slightly more felonious story from Kristen about the end of her time in middle school. Before we get to the stories today, though, a big, humid hug goes out to our loyal Hong Kong listeners. We know there's a lot going on in your lives right now, and we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our stories. Greetings go out, too, to our listeners around the world, including listeners in Vancouver in Canada, Graffelfing in Germany, and Rohrpaul in Poland. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. Our September show is coming up. On the 11th of September, our storytellers will take to the stage to tell you their true first-person stories on the theme of Flipped. The show will be hosted by Jen, and tickets are on sale through Ticketflap. Find the links on the website hongkongstories.com. Hong Kong Stories. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now from our June 2019 show with the theme, Rewind, here is Charles. I received my secondary education in a local boys' school. Back then, I was shy, skinny, and had a girl's voice. I was always left out when teams were formed to play basketballs, footballs, volleyballs in peer lessons. Some of my classmates gave me a nickname. Princess, and they never passed up a chance to make fun of me. So in those years, I kept to myself because I was so scared and I didn't want to get hurt. I did have few friends. Thankfully, they understood me. We had lunch, went home after school together, and then in weekends we chat over the phone, we hang around. But most of the time, I was alone. My other classmates were acquaintances. They didn't see me as princess, but they kept me at arm's length. We sat together in few classes. We discussed the problems that we faced in particular subjects. A lot of times, we also talked about our future, like which university would you want to go, what field you want to study, etc. So my interactions with these acquaintances were entirely built upon academic issues. One of my acquaintances, however, has left me a stronger impression than any of my friends. We weren't in the same class until Form Six. Um, his hair was always windswept. He never tucked his school shirt properly, 
part of his shirt hem hung loose around his waist. In some of the classes he disliked, he took out a comic book from his school bag, put it on his laps, made sure the teachers didn't see it, and then start reading it. He had a penchant for swearing in front of everyone. He once dropped the f-bomb in a class, and then our class teacher punished him by ordering him to copy the school rules three times and have those copies ready by the next day morning. Strangely enough, he never used swear words with me. He was kind and polite to me. As time went by, I noticed he always made the first move to greet me with a smile on his face. And then walked away without saying anything. We sat together in few classes, and I realized he wasn't a straight A student, but he excelled in accounting. He once told me he wanted to get into HKU to study accountancy, and then I told him back I want to take journalism in Baptist University. He then replied, "Cool. You know what? My neighbor is now studying journalism in Baptist University." And I could ask him for more information about this discipline if you want. And then I said, "Well, that would be great. I look forward to your help." But in the end, he didn't. Perhaps he forgot it, and I didn't blame him because we were just acquaintances. And I thought he offered his help as a sign of courtesy only. In Form Seven, I made a fatal mistake in a history midterm test. That I realized after I handed in the answer book. A PE lesson starts right after test, but I'm not ready for it. I can't hold back my tears, so I run to a restroom and hide in a toilet cubicle. Why did I make such a stupid mistake in the test? I've never done that before. I've been always doing well in this subject. I always come out top in this history class. I let myself down. I let my teacher down, and my classmates will have another chance to make fun of me. So I cry and cry and cry, and only God knows how long I cry in there. And when I stop crying and come out, I'm shocked. There is someone waiting for me outside, and it's none other than him, my acquaintance. The PE lesson takes place in a football pitch outside a school campus. So on our way to that football pitch, my acquaintance and I are silent. I blow my nose, wipe my face with tissues, and my acquaintance just walks beside me. He doesn't put his hand around my shoulders or says anything like, "It's gonna be okay. Don't cry over the spill milk. You will do better next time." No, he keeps his mouth shut. And all of a sudden, I feel like we are confidants. We are able to read each other's mind. I know he's there to support me, and he knows I've put so much effort in revision that I must be very disappointed by the mistake that I make. His presence spoke a thousand words to me. So the next day, I ran to him in the school canteen, and I approached him and said, "Thanks." He just gave me a benign smile, walked away without saying anything. So you may think we became close friends after this incident, but we didn't. We remained as acquaintances. We didn't talk much. We sat together in few classes, 
um, he always made the first move to greet me with a smile on his face, walked away without saying anything. He kept swearing in front of everyone, but treated me politely as usual. I could have never imagined why he offered his company that day I made a mistake. To, to him, I was just an acquaintance only. He could have ignored me. But instead, he stayed and offered me his help. We didn't share many similarities. He loved playing football, but I didn't do any sports at all. He liked accounting, but I loathed it. He enjoyed reading manga, but I preferred novels. You know, just words, no pictures. We were chalk and cheese. And I always feared we'd end up in silence very soon if we had a more in-depth conversation. There was an invisible wall between us, and neither of us would dare to break it, cross the boundary, and reach the other side. However, he did break the wall once and came through for me in my time of need. I haven't seen him anymore since we started university. I didn't end up in Baptist University studying journalism because I screwed the L of exam. Instead, I got into Lingnan University in Tumun, took English language and literature. Two years ago, I decided to, to, I decided to further my studies in this field and earned a master's degree in Chinese university. What about my acquaintance? An old friend of mine told me he got A in his favorite subject and was offered a place in accountancy in HKU. When I first heard the news, I was jealous, but more than thrilled and delighted for him because it was always his dream to study in this prestigious institution, and he made it. So time flies like an arrow is almost um, nine years, and I'm not a princess anymore because I got a man's voice now. <laughs> but still, I'm shy and afraid of making friends. As I get older, I realize it's much more difficult to meet true friends in what the adults call the real world. So somehow I wish I could turn the clock back to the day that my acquaintance stay beside me. I wish I could make the first move to break that invisible wall, cross the boundary, and reach his side. So if I did, we would probably close friends now. I'm not sure whether we'll meet again or I'll be able to recognize him in future, but what shall I say if I do run into him one day? In the past, I struggled with this question a lot, but I finally have this idea and I'm going to share it with you all. Hey, Long time no see. I miss you very, very much. Let's be friends, shall we? Social situations can be awkward for some of us. Listening to Charles' story helps remind us that not everyone has the same experiences. Yet, with some patience and understanding, we might still become friends. Charles got up on our stage after coming to a free workshop. We encourage everyone to come and tell a story, and our hosts will give you expert guidance on how to tell your story the best way that you can. Best of all, there's no test, or even a quiz at the end. Find out how you too can join us at hongkongstories.com. 
And now from a show told at the Hong Kong International Literary Festival in 2016, here is Kristen. My heart is pounding. It's my first indoor track meet during my first year of high school, and I'm at the starting line with a dozen other girls in shorts and singlets, embossed with their school names and mascots. I am not here because I love running, and I am definitely not here because I'm good at it. I'm here because I want to get into a good university, and I think a sport will round out my grades and other extracurricular activities. I also know that I won't make the cut for the school's other teams, all of which require tryouts. Track is more democratic and takes anyone willing to run in circles. <laughs> My teammates and I run in a lot of circles in the weeks leading up to this first meet. All of this training, in addition to making us faster, is meant to help us find our distance, to find our place. I try all the distances, 400 meters, 800 meters, 100 meter hurdles. I'm not good at any of them, but I am less bad at the longer distances. I have just one pace, slow, <laughs> but I can maintain it for several miles. So coach signs me up for the mile, one of the longest events in this first meet. The meet takes place on a Saturday and draws hundreds of runners from scores of schools. Each team stakes out a spot on the gym floor, and it's soon a massive version of a messy teenager's bedroom, strewn with sneakers and snack wrappers and sweatshirts. The whole scene is a tableau of teenage life. The loners stretch on their own, the cool and confident strut around. Most of us stick together in small groups because we're uncomfortable being on our own. The mile's one of the last events and takes place in the evening. When it's time, I pin my number on my singlet and make my way to the starting line. The starting gun cracks and we take off in a tight pack, ponytails and limbs flying, trying not to trip over each other on this small track. I stay with the pack for the first few laps, but the pace is fast, at least for me. I can't tell if I'm slowing down, the others are speeding up, or both, but the distance between us is widening. Soon there's no one around me on the track. Shortly after the halfway point, something confusing happens. As I approach the official who's standing on the infield, counting down the laps, a runner comes up alongside me. Where did she come from? Have I caught up to someone? But why is she behind me? The official nods at the runner and says, two more laps. Pointing at me, he yells, you, three more laps. Move to the outside lane. I feel I'm being punished, but I don't know for what. As I veer to the far side of the track, another runner comes along. 
and then it all becomes clear. I have been lapped. I have fallen so far behind that the front runners are now a full lap ahead of me. I'm being shunted to the side, so I'm not in the way. I was never a contender, but now I'm not even in the race. Unlike in other sports, there's no subbing out or striking out or tapping out. I have to keep going. My quadriceps are burning, and my breathing has devolved into gasping. My pride is suffering even more. It's not because someone in particular is watching, a crush or a nemesis. I don't actually think anyone is watching, except the officials who are eager to get on with the next race. I am just so uncomfortably out of place in this outside lane, the loser lane. The other runners finish one by one, and I run the last two laps on my own. 300 meters has never felt so far. Sweaty and shaky from the exertion, I make my way back to my team spot on the gym floor. I find just my bag. My teammates, eager to get home, have gone out to the bus that will drive us back to school. I want to just disappear, but it's cold out and I have to put on my team tracksuit. It's this hideous pumpkin-orange-polyester combination. Wearing it in the company of my teammates is sort of funny. There's safety in numbers. But on my own, I am uncomfortably out of place again. Walking through the parking lot, I swear never to let something like that happen again. I continue running with the team through the remainder of the school year and during the summer. When school starts up again in September, I'm one of the fastest runners on the team. I've found my distance. The longer, the better. And I've learned to pace myself. I continue running through high school, university, and adulthood, going increasingly far and fast. But I still sometimes feel as if I'm being lapped in life. Like when a high school friend gets married, divorced, married again, and has kids along the way. And I haven't done any of those things. Or when a graduate school classmate advances quickly at the New York Times, and I am nowhere near that fast track. But I just keep going at my own pace. I know I'm making progress, because even my worst days do not end with an orange polyester tracksuit. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was created and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.